What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Revelation 13, um, we left off at verse 11 last week, and so that's kind of where we're going to pick it up. I want you to keep your place in Revelation 13 at all times, no matter where we go, because we're going to be going places, but we're always going to come back to Revelation chapter 13. Father, we continue to acknowledge that you are here, that you are in this place. As we stand in, in, in Christ, I pray for your presence, God, and your power to override any false beliefs, any worldly philosophies, any lies, any deception, and that strongholds would be broken today. You have called your church to not be on this side or that side, but to be on the Lord's side. And so I pray that we would rise above perceived differences that we would be people that would hold on to the truth from your word. And we know we're in the last days, Father. That deception, deception will be rampant, even in the church. So help us, God, to hold fast to your word. Your word is truth. And I pray your word would speak to us today. Have your way. We just humble ourselves now because, Lord, if you do not give, we don't have. Your word declares a man can receive nothing unless it's given to him from heaven. And so, God, we ask for ears to hear. We ask for the grace to come upon our hearts so that it will change, so that we're not just hearers only but doers. And that's going to happen by your grace grace for obedience, the grace to humble ourselves, to receive what you have declared. As we see what's going on in our world right now, the unrest, may your word declare to us, peace be still. We thank you, Jesus, that everything is happening just like you said it would in Matthew chapter 24. And we thank you for prophecy as this gives us peace to know that you are in control. So we release control of our lives to you again, afresh and anew today, Jesus. And we say, come and reign, come and reign in this place, come and reign in our hearts. You are worthy. You are worthy. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our lives. And we thank you that we have been purchased by your precious blood. Pour out your spirit today, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as we've been going through uh, Revelation 12 and 13, we've been exposing the enemy, how the enemy works. 
I've asked questions like, do we live as if we are in a battle, as if we are in war? Because, Scripture says, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, rulers and authorities, in high places. Do we live like we are at war? Are we sober-minded? Are we vigilant? Do we fight back? Do we fight back? We see how the enemy in chapter 12, he fights back, Revelation chapter 12. Do we fight back or do we just take it? What if I do not lift up my shield of faith? Am I going to get hit with something? Yeah, you will. What if I don't resist the devil? Does he have to flee? No, he doesn't. So we have to become people that are aware of the enemy's schemes. Do we understand the enemy's schemes? There are over 20 different schemes listed in the New Testament concerning the enemy. How he moves, how he operates. Are we familiar with those? Or can we say with the Apostle Paul, we are not ignorant of his schemes. We know how the enemy works. Deception is the hallmark of the last days. And there's a lot of deception that's going on. Even today, as I expose some deception, the enemy's going to whisper in your ear, you're getting political, this guy's getting political. And understand, that's the voice of the enemy trying to deceive and shut it down. Everything is spiritual especially the political. Who doesn't want you in the political? I would also remind you, church, my job as a pastor is not to get you ready for the rapture. It's to prepare you and your family for persecution because I believe it's coming We have to prepare like we are at war. We're not just saved waiting around on a cruise ship for Jesus to come back in the clouds to rapture us and take us home. No, we're saved to occupy until he comes, Luke 19. We are are saved to rescue and save the lost. We are saved to extend the kingdom of God. We look at 2020 and we're like, wow, that was hard. Understand, Matthew 24 says, the birth pains will get worse and worse and worse. To think it's going to get better and better and better, that is a deception that you are in that will cause you to follow someone who says, I can make it all better. Last week in Revelation 13, we talked about the Antichrist and he was exposed. So I'd like you to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I did not have time to go over this, even though we've taught through this chapter, the book of, we taught through the whole book, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, those are all online, you can watch them at your own time. 
But the Bible is constantly talking about the Antichrist. Why? Why? Why Why is he talking about that? Why is it brought up so much in Scripture? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, do not be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or spoken word, or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. Which means people are going to deceive you. So this is a warning for the church. See, the Antichrist, he's going to arise and he is going to offer solutions to the world's problems. He'll be a great order. He'll be loved by many. He'll be sharp. He'll be witty. He'll be a type of hero. He's going to make great boasts. Scripture tells us about him, and so we need to be aware of him. Verse 3, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. There's going to be a great rebellion. We already see the first fruits of that happening around the world. And then the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalt himself against every so-called God or object of worship to, that he takes his seat in the temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, as we've been going through the tribulation period, the three-and-a-half-year mark of the tribulation, the Antichrist is going to be in the temple, and he is going to declare himself to be God. This is what Scripture is saying. Verse 5. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Why in the world was Paul talking about the Antichrist 2,000 years ago? Why was he exposing him 2,000 years ago? What was the purpose of that? Why do we need to know this? Let me just submit to you that if the Lutheran church in Germany would have talked about the Antichrist and taught it like it should have been taught, and the people of Germany knew the word of God, they wouldn't have put Hitler in power. Hitler is a type of Antichrist. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, the Bible says. So right now, many people are under deception in our world. So we'll go ahead and throw up the, the picture. I want you to understand what's happening to our kids, specifically at public school. It's putting fear into them. We got 12 years left. Understand this. Hitler said this with the Hitler youth. If you have the youth, you have the future. Hitler said that. And he raised up a generation that had certain ideologies that put him in power. He targeted the youth first. Then the youth took over. This is what they're teaching kids in our schools. Putting fear in them like this world's going to collapse. Next one, Will. And there she is. 
She's the prophet, this little girl being used as a puppet to promote something that's just false and not true. Next picture, Will. So I want you to look here, some predictions in the past, 1970, right? Between 1980 and 89, 4 billion people, including 65 million Americans, would, would die off because of the climate change. 2006, Al Gore Humans may only have 10 years left to save the planet. Well, 2016 came and went, Al. And here we got AOC, the great scientist, telling us that if we do not address climate change in 12 years, the world is going to end. These are lies. These are deception. Chris, why are, you getting bit, why are you getting political? Because you're going to see in Revelation 13 that the planet's still going to be around when Antichrist comes. And this Green New Deal stuff, when you research what's happening in Sri Lanka right now, it's because they went green. And there's riots and they overthrew the government there. The world cannot run off green energy. There's a deception that's taking place. Next clip, Will, please. So... <clears throat> This was a news article that uh, passed abortion laws. They're talking about these white men who passed abortion laws in Alabama, right? These, these white men are making laws about women. Uh, we hear that? Yeah, those white guys. Those racist white guys. In fact, the one article I saw, racist white Republicans, now, go ahead and put up the next clip. You need to understand who the real racists are. You need to understand who the real racists are. Deception. Deception. We are told not to look at the rhetoric, but look at the fruit by Jesus. You need to understand why people are so upset, because the real racists... A lot of the church is under deception. They don't really understand what's going on. People that are against school choice. You're under deception. Why is school choice people that are against school choice under deception? Well, here's why. Over the past 10 years at Urban Youth Impact, as we gather kids from local schools, public schools, only 13% on average for the last 10 years could read on grade level. Terrific. It's injustice. And these children are trapped in failing schools and people continue to align themselves against school choice. Capitalism, if you will, 
creates a place where schools need to compete to get your children. I am paying money for my, to the government to send my kids to school. Why can't I choose what school I want them to go to, depending on how well that school does? And so what we did at Urban Youth Impact is we partnered with Jupiter Christian, and we started a school, and the past two years in our school, I just got the numbers, 93% of our students, it's just kindergarten and, and first grade, 93% are reading on grade level. And that's why if you don't vote for school choice, you're against children. You're on the wrong side. Oh, you're so political. No, I love kids from the womb to the tomb. Some of us are even aligned with groups that are sexualizing our children. Bringing confusion to who God created them to be. Listen, Jesus said, I made, God made them male and female in the beginning. And the two became one. Jesus said that, male, female. Don't be confused. Follow Jesus. Obey his word. And we have Groups that are pushing this stuff, sexualizing stuff, pushing on teenagers, puberty lockers, and, 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 and even surgery, mutilation of our precious children without the consent of the parents. There's groups that want this in our schools, and yeah, we need to be political. And I'm going through this list here, and some of you are aligned with every single group that I'm talking about. Yeah, you didn't know you were on the wrong side. You didn't know you're following a different spirit. <laughs> Next week, I'm bringing in a Jewish guy to talk about the 144,000. He runs a ministry called Comfort My People in Israel. And then in August, we're bringing in a Palestinian named Stephen Corey, which is the other side. Because you and I can't be duped by media around this subject because that's what the enemy wants. I want you to understand what the enemy has also done. Black Lives Matter, January 6th, boom, 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 right? No, the spiritual-minded understands that the Black Lives Matter riots were happening because of perceived injustice. January 6th happened because of perceived injustice. They were both protesting for the same perceived thing, injustice. And what does the enemy have us doing? Attacking one another. When in reality, Antifa was leading both of them. Because that's how the enemy works. Oh, those bad, bad white people making laws. It's going to affect the poor. It's going to affect women. When in reality, when you look at the numbers, it's saving lives. Chris. Chris. You're so... Understand, I'm not on anyone's side. I'm on the Lord's side. But I cannot align with sides that are completely under deception. 
I've got to call them out. I've got to condemn them both. Just like Martin Luther King said, you will never, ever see me riot. See, they take his quote out of context, right? Rioting is, is the language of the unheard. But then in that same clip, he says, I will never riot. You will never catch me riot. You see, that's what the enemy does. Cuts and pace to deceive. Verse 6. Thessalonians. Chris, are you going to get to Revelation 13? Yeah. But the church is the pillar of truth. The church is. And much of the church today is under deception. Barna just came out with a new statistic, by the way, that only 37% of pastors in America hold to a biblical worldview. Let me say that again. Barna came out recently with a study. Only 37% of pastors in America hold to a biblical worldview. If you ever catch me with a worldview that you think is not biblical, you come talk to me. I could be under deception. So could you. But everything that I believe, I've got a verse for. I can point to a verse. Verse 6. And you know what's restraining him now? So that he may be revealed in his time. So the Holy Spirit is restraining. The church is restraining For the mystery of lawlessness, it's already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he's taken out of the way. I believe that's the rapture. And then the lawless one will be revealed from whom the Lord will kill with the breath of his mouth. You can put Revelation chapter 19 because you see Jesus coming down with the word of God coming out of his mouth. And he's going to bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power, false signs, and wonders. We talked about that last week. And with all wicked deception for those who are, are perishing because they refuse to love truth. People are going to perish and be under deception because they refuse to love truth. And so God gives them what they want, verse 11. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so they may believe what is false in order that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is really, really, really it. It takes so much faith to believe in evolutionary theory that something came from nothing, that order came out of chaos. But the reason why people don't want the truth that God created everything and he said, let there be and there was, it's because they want to do what they want to do and they don't want to be responsible. So they make up fairy tales so they're not accountable. Understand that's what evolution is, by the way. Macroevolution. And how many of our world, again, children in the, in the public school system are being taught that.
Revelation 13, 11. It's about time, Chris, I know. So last week we talked about how there is an unholy trinity. You had the dragon who gave power to this beast that was coming out of the sea, which we said was the Antichrist, and now the third person of the unholy trinity, because Satan always counterfeits God, is this false prophet. And so today we're going to talk about the false prophet. Verse 11, Revelation 13. And I saw another beast rising out of the earth, so it's different from the sea. And he had two horns like a lamb. Again, horns represent what? Power. Good job, guys. We've been learning. But like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. Oh, man. Lambs represent gentleness and subtlety. Kind, meek, mild, lowly. Spoke like a dragon? How's the dragon speak? Deception. He lies. He's the father of lies. And understand that good lies are always mixed with truth. You may want to write that down. That's why it went from global warming to climate change, by the way. Because we found out <laughs> what ain't happening. It's climate change now. So we got to invent a new lie. Some of you who have tried to overcome addictions throughout your life but continue to fail, you try and fail, try and fail, you do this for years and all of a sudden the deception comes in, you know what, this is just who I am, I'm never going to change, I'm never going to overcome this, I'm always going to be like this, and you don't realize that that's demonic in nature, solidifying a stronghold in your life, put there by Satan, so that you believe what's in your mind. Is there truth attached to that? Well, when you look at your life, yeah, I fell here, I fell here, I fell here, I keep falling, so the truth of my life speaks that, hey, this is kind of who I am, but that thought that I'm always gonna be like this, it's pointing to truth, it's founded in truth, but it's deception because God says you're being changed from glory to glory. God says in Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in you Actually, he says this in 1.6. Be confident that he who began a good work in you will complete it. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's not going to stop building in your life. I'm always going to be like this. I'm never going to change. This is who I am. Or Philippians 1.6. My confidence in you, God, changing me. I can't change myself. I'm done. I'm done trying. My submitted, I'm submitted to you, God. And so many of the church are under deception right now, here today, believing that how you've been living is your lot in life. 
And I'm here to tell you there is freedom in the name of Jesus. There's freedom. There's freedom to come out of deception. This is how the enemy works. A great lie is always backed up by a bit of truth. And this is why the deception is so real. Have you ever met somebody so kind, so gentle, so seemingly loving, but when things went down, they became Judas? Yeah, this lamb-looking prophet will be like that. I want you to turn to Jeremiah 23, please. I'm going to read some scriptures for you while you're turning to Jeremiah 23. Again, keep your place in Revelation 13. We'll come back. Church, Jesus told us to beware false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. You're going to recognize them by their fruits. And we're called to look at the fruit by Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew 24, verse 11, Jesus says this, Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. This is why we're talking about this Antichrist, which is the Antichrist spirit that is at work today in the world. We need to recognize, we need to be aware. 1 Timothy 4, it says this, The Spirit capital S, expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. How many people who were once in the church on fire for Jesus have given themselves into some deceitful spirit teaching of Jesus, of of demons, and they've walked away from Jesus? How many? Scripture saying that this is going to happen. Deceitful spirits and teachings of Jesus will come into the church and people will depart. Jeremiah 23, 25, listen to this. And God is rebuking the nation of Israel and the church leadership, if you will. I've heard what the prophets have said who prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies, who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. You might want to highlight that one. That's a good one. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord. Verse 29, it's one of my faves, one of my favorites. My word, it's like a fire. God's word is like a fire. God's written word is like a fire. And it's also like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. That's what God's word is. Visions, dreams, prophecies. You bring in the fire of the written word of God. You bring in the rock and the hammer of the written word of God and you align it up. If a vision, a dream, a prophecy doesn't line up with the written word of God, it's not from God. If it goes against the written word of God, it's not from God. 
Therefore, behold, I'm against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from one another. Behold, I'm against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongues to declare, declares the Lord. Behold, I'm against those who prophesy lying dreams, declares the Lord, and who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their recklessness when I did not send them or charge them so they did not profit this people at all, declares the Lord. Back to Revelation 13. This is going on then. It's going to go on now. It's going to go on in the future. The deception is going to come. This is why Jesus gave us his word, his holy word that's written. Do I believe in prophecy? I do. Do I believe that God speaks through visions and dreams? Yes, I do. We see it in the Bible. But when those prophecies and those visions and dreams don't line up with the written word of God, I'm not trying to hear that. There has to be confirmation through the written word of God. There's false prophets in the church today of people which, look, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. What does scripture say? It's, it's, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Why are they telling you it's going to get better? Because that makes you feel good. Verse 12, and so this lamb, this lamb, this false prophet, exercises all authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. And so again, counterfeit, Jesus had a mortal wound on the cross, if you will, and he rose from the dead. He was healed by it, right? So here, this Antichrist is somehow going to be wounded mortally, but yet he's going to come back to life. It performs signs, great signs, even making, and by the way, this word in the Greek means present tense, repeated. So it's not just like a one-time thing where fire came down from heaven. No, this will be a gift that is continually to be repeated. And people are going to be awed by it. Make fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. Again, we look at Elijah. What did he call down? Fire from heaven. We look at the two witnesses as well. Fire came out of their mouth in Revelation chapter 11. So this great counterfeiter is copying again what God does. Verse 14, and by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth. You might want to highlight that. There is going to be a great deception happening in this earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain and killed. Now, I want you to flip over to Revelation 19, verse 18. I'm going to give you some good news here, okay? It's the end of the story. Be encouraged. 
Revelation 19, verse 18. Or verse 19, excuse me. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet. That's who we're dealing with right now. Who in its presence had done signs by which he deceived those who had, been, who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. So this is the end of that, this false prophet and the Antichrist. This is their doom. This is where they're going. Um, I want you to turn here to 2 Corinthians 4, please. And again, we'll come back to, to Revelation 13. My heart goes out to those people because I've talked to many people. Well, when I see the tribulation happen, then I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And you'll see here, there's great delusions that are going to happen. And this is why Scripture declares, hey, do not harden your heart. Today's the day of salvation. Don't be like the Israelites who were brought out of Egypt, but they, they hardened their hearts. They didn't believe the word to take the promised land, so that whole generation died off in the wilderness. We, we are warned like today is the day of salvation. And, and those people that are like, oh, when I see this go down, then I'm going to follow Jesus. Listen, without the Holy Spirit, you're going to be deceived because the Holy Spirit's going to be taken out of the way. 2 Corinthians 4.1, therefore having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So people aren't saved because they're atheists. People aren't saved because they've studied the Bible and found it to be wrong. People aren't saved just because they're of another religion. People aren't saved because, listen, the reason why they're not saved is because they're blind to the beauty and the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's a spiritual battle. Listen, I used to give the gospel to my uncle often. And he would reject it. He would reject it. He would reject it. He had a brain aneurysm. And he was laying on his bed in the hospital, in a coma. Couldn't talk, just laying there. But I believed he had brain activity. And so for some reason, I'm, I, I, go, I go into his hospital room. And for some reason, I just start praying for him. And all of a sudden, this verse, it kind of comes to my mind. And I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against every demonic thing that is blocking Uncle Bill from receiving you in the name of Jesus. I bind you down, Satan. Be silent. And I pray for ears to hear the gospel. So I got down and I said, Uncle Bill, 
If you can hear me, squeeze my hand. And he squeezed my hand. I said, Uncle Bill, you're about to face Jesus. Are you afraid? If you're afraid, squeeze my hand. He squeezed my hand. I said, Uncle Bill, I've talked to you many times, and you just didn't want to follow Jesus. Are you ready to ask Jesus into your heart? And he squeezed my hand again, and I led him through a prayer, and he squeezed my hand. He agreed. If you prayed this with me, if you really believe, right, squeeze my hand. And then he was dead. I told this story at this funeral to pretty much all unbelievers. I know I'm going to see him. But all of you here at this funeral, I might not see you because you continue to harden your heart and reject the gospel. And those people who continue to reject, they're going to hear my voice for eternity in hell while they're burning in the lake of fire that burns with sulfur because they rejected this glorious gospel. But you need to understand, when you go out evangelizing, if you want to get somewhere with somebody at your work that continues to harden their hearts, there is a spiritual veil that is on their eyes so they cannot see the glory of God's gospel. Verse 4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. Understand, people are under deception. There's a greater deception that's coming. The enemy has blinded those that can't believe blinded them let's go back to revelation 13 16 again this is the end times it causes all both great and small rich and poor both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead so there is this mark, and I want you to highlight that word mark. We're going to talk about it here in a second. But listen, again, be very careful of people promising new systems, new systems of government, new plans, new deals, because broken people will always create broken systems. Broken people those are people without God will always create broken systems because the bottom line is what it, what's in it for me. I want you to, to, to keep your place here and I want you to turn to Isaiah 33, 22. So James Madison, who is the father of our Constitution, said he, and, and I'm just going to read this for you, he claimed that Isaiah 33.22 was the source of division of power in our government so that there was limited power for the three branches of government found in the Constitution. This is what it says, for the Lord our God is our judge, that's the Supreme Court. The Lord is our lawgiver. That's Congress. 
The Lord is our king. That's the president. He will save us. I want you to understand this system was set up to spread evenly authority and power because what they had witnessed was dictators taking over. As good as this system was, guess what? The system's still broken. We just killed 60 million babies in our country from, since 1972 in the womb. 60 million. There's no system that will ever be created apart from Christ coming upon his throne, ruling and reigning, that will be good because broken man will run a broken system. The American system has been a good system. It's created a lot of wealth. It's created a lot of uh, prosperity. Listen, it's been good, but listen, no system's gonna be perfect because it has to be run by broken individuals. And I want you to understand those that are walking in an antichrist spirit are going to pitch a new system that's going to change everything. So look at the verse again. Both small, verse 16, back to Revelation 13. Small and great, rich and poor. There's always going to be rich. There's always going to be poor. In every system, even in the antichrist system, that's going to be the new Rolls-Royce Bugatti system that's coming to the world. They're still going to be rich and poor. They're still going to be slavery. Yeah, slavery's still going on in our world right now. And they're going to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead. Systems are going to be corrupt because they're led by corrupt man. There's no perfect system. It's only when Jesus comes back that things will be made right. Verse 17. Revelation 13, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. The Greek word mark means to scratch or to etch or to engrave. Mark, etch, engrave. They didn't have needles back then, but I believe that it, it, it will be put into us in order to change our DNA structure. But you'll have to take it. You will not be able to buy or sell Unless you take it. Think about what just happened in our world. We already submitted to you can't buy or sell unless you have a mask on. We've already submitted to that. Imagine if you can't buy food for your family. What's going to happen? And how many people are just going to, I'm going to just go ahead and get that mark. God will understand. No, 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 no. He won't understand it has been written. If you take that mark. And, and, and see, this is why your discipleship is so important right now. Because of deception. What if we're wrong, by the way, and there's no pre-trib? Some of you are not strong enough spiritually to resist government control. Some of you, like, like haven't even fasted like two days, you know? Meaning, can't go without food. Listen, the early church had to say, Caesar is Lord. 
The Romans saw it as an act of political allegiance, but Christians saw it as an act of religious worship, so they did not do it, and that's why they were persecuted in Rome. They would not say Caesar is Lord because Jesus is Lord. Right now, we're already here, by the way, where we're being tracked everywhere we go. The phone is listening to you. That's why ads come up on your phone magically because you were talking about getting a tent. Now watch this happen. This, this week, you're going to get a tent ad. I need a tent. Say that out loud. Yeah, watch what happens. You're being tracked. They're listening to what you're saying. You're being followed. Listen to what John Roberts, a Supreme Court justice, said. He says, when government tracks the location of a cell phone, it achieves near-perfect surveillance as if it had attached an ankle monitor to the phone's user. That was 2018. This thing called geo-tracking, hashtag 2000 mules, look it up. You got to understand what's going on. Verse 18. This calls for wisdom. It could also be translated, here is wisdom, meaning the people that are going through this at this time are going to need wisdom to understand what's about to be said. And this is why James 1.5 says this, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives it. But when you ask, hey, don't doubt, because you're like that person that's on a wave, right? So we have to ask believing, okay, God, you're going to give me wisdom here. And here scripture is telling these people during this time, you're going to need wisdom to understand who this guy is. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is 666. You can go online and do a never-ending search on the 666, okay? We're not going to do that today. I'll give you some of my favorites, though. There's six Roman numerals. If you add them all up, you get 666. Some take this to say that Antichrist will be a Roman. Or they point out that all the numbers from 1 to 36 add up to 666. The number 666 harken back to Solomon's wages. As Solomon received yearly 666 talents of gold, 1 Kings 10.4. Perhaps this suggests Antichrist will be a good man who builds a lot of great things, but will be corrupted. The letters of Jesus in Greek add up to 888. 666 may be Satan's counterpart to the name of Jesus. But I want you to turn to Revelation 14.9, please. And this is what's important for us. Another angel, a third following, saying with a loud voice, if anybody worships the beast in his image and receives the mark on his forehead or his hand, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured out in full strength 
into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. And smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night, these worshipers of the beast and its image who receive the mark of its name. Here is called for the endurance of the saints, Christians that will be alive during that time, be, endure, endure, endure. You're going to be hungry. You're going to be poor. You're not going to be able to buy or sell. Keep the commandments of God. Keep your faith in Jesus. And so this is the grace of God, by the way. You see that in verse 9? It says another angel. So an angel is preaching this to the whole world. Do not take the mark. Listen, God will understand. No, don't think like that. Scripture's been written. God has said. He doesn't change his mind. He's not like man. He doesn't lie. Chris, how could a loving God create hell? Listen, Jesus preached about hell almost more than most things. Constantly warning of hell. The tormenting where the worm does not die. It's constant through Jesus' message constant and if you don't believe in hell listen you don't believe what jesus said and we try to rationalize it in our own mind in our own thinking listen that's deception that's already the 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 enemy wants you to believe there's no consequences for your sin there's no consequences for your rebellion there's no consequences well if there's no consequences why did jesus die on the cross there's consequences for sin and if you reject the cross, you're in trouble because you have no Savior. And you will get the wrath of God, which is eternal punishment in the lake of fire with the beast, with the dragon, with the false prophet. Matthew 25 says hell was, not, hell was created for the devil and his angels. That's important. It's not created for anybody here. But for the devil and his angels, Matthew uh, chapter 25, you can read that on your own. It's not created for you, but you choose to go there when you reject Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. I want you to turn to John 6, 6, 6, please. And this is the last place we'll go. This is amazing to me that this verse has the 666 number. In the Bible. I don't think it's a coincidence because God's book is amazingly put together, intricately woven. But here's what it says in John 6, 6, 6. After this, many of disciples turned their back and no longer walked with him. There's nothing more demonic and satanic than walking away from Jesus. The rich young ruler, I love the story in Mark. Jesus looked at him and loved him. But that guy walked away from Jesus sad because he loved money more than he wanted God. And so now, here we are. Here we are. Worship team, come on up, please. It's a lot of stuff today, right? A lot of deception going on. But here's where I want to end here. John 666. I don't think that's a a a coincidence. What's up? John 666. John chapter 6 verse 66. 
The most demonic thing that you can do is have an issue that you carry and you walk away from Jesus. God understands. He looks at you like that rich young ruler who he looked at with love. Don't walk away from Jesus. Say, Jesus, I do love my money more than you. But please, I'm pressing in so that you change me. Jesus, I do love this more than I love you. But you know what? I'm not going to walk away. I'm not going to act like you're not there. I'm not going to compartmentalize and just pretend you don't exist. I love this more than I love you. And here I come, Jesus. I need your grace. I need you. I need you to change my corrupt, rebellious heart. Don't walk away from Jesus. That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. You press in and say, it's too much. I'm not strong enough. I can't do it, but I know you can, Jesus. And I surrender it to you. I surrender it to you. And so as we begin to worship and we sing to God, Whatever you're dealing with, maybe some lies have been exposed today because the enemy's been pointing at the truth of your life, but it's really a half-truth because he's not finished if you belong to him. And some of you have prayed a prayer to receive Jesus, but you've never surrendered your entire life. And today's that day. Today's that day. Well, I don't know if you need prayer for anything else. We'll have prayer partners up here as we sing and worship. But let's stand. Father, if there's anything that I said that was not of you, God, may it fall to the ground. But Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would just bring revival in our hearts and our lives. May we never walk away from you. But may we press in so that we can find grace in a time of need. Jesus, your word declares, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And, and Lord, it's, it's obvious that many of us, we really don't love you because we have no desire to obey your commands. But we're incapable of changing that until you come and fill us with your love and change our hearts so that our desire is to please you, to worship you with our lives. Forgive us, God, for the many times we've walked away and we'd never do that again. And I thank you, you are the God that leaves the 99 to go after the one. Please bring us back into your arms, Jesus. Please, please free us from the deception. Please bring salvation to this house today. So we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.